Welcome to the team. Oh, I didn't know we were doing a pause. I don't know. It's okay. We're both going crazy. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, oh, I am T-Rex in Chicago, T-Rex, and this is my co-host. Lucky Stiff, how are you? Uh, and it is uh, the Saturday of Halloween. Yes, uh, it is. So we are both uh, about to ride a roller coaster this weekend. And oh my God. Fucking crazy busy and yeah. have no voices in two days. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm ready to die on Monday at my yeah. day job. That'll be fun. What are you going to be for Halloween? Oh, I'm going to be like a, a Virgin Mary made out of bicycle tires. <laughs> As one does. As, you know, like normal. <laughs> Every uh, other day of my life. What are you going to be for Halloween? Uh, tonight I'm going to be sexy coach Steve from Big Mouth so sure. Sarah to make the hair and I have a whole thing I'm so it worried it's gonna be pretty gross so I'm ready anyways welcome to our special guest uh, from season one of Dragula and so many other things uh, <laughs> welcome to the stage Meatball I'm a little sick so don't mind my car you're not a little anything girl I'm fat Haney what's new with you absolutely nothing I'm having a wonderful time in Chicago Yay. this is your third, third time, time in here. Chicago Last night you were in Madison. Yes, and I was the thinnest girl on the show. And I feel <laughs> stunning. Wait, tell them what. <laughs> um, what Baby Bear, the host, was like. I invited all these girls that are inspired by Meatball and look up to her as a performance artist to be in this show, and it was just a show of fat chicks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah these are my people. It's incredible. Um, Madison was awesome. I'm having such a wonderful time. I just love Chicago so much. You love the Midwest? I do. I love the thick mins. Mm-hmm. I love the tattoos. Mm-hmm. I love the beards. There's yes. lots of trade in the Midwest. And just drag in Chicago is fun. Yeah. Welcome, bitch. All right. Uh, we are also joined. Is this, I believe, her first time in Chicago? Uh, Gilda Wabbit from Louisville, Kentucky. Hi, everyone. Hello. How are you all? Good, good. Yeah, we're so doing good. good. It's your first time here. You're from Louisville, but you're originally from... I'm from... I was born in Louisville, okay. and then I moved to New York, started doing drag in New York, and then my husband got a fancy job and was like, come back to Kentucky and follow me, and I was like... And you just said your one year anniversary, did I say? Being married, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we actually, he moved to Kentucky June, the like four months before we got married. Wow. And so we lived our first year of marriage apart. That's so And then I moved back with him. Yeah. What That's kind, so insane. Uh, when you say new a drag queen in New York, where did you do it? Because I I know the sharks. <laughs> that means versus, a lot of things. It means a lot of things. The um, sharks versus jets of New York. I'm oh I'm outside of all of that. I oh, um oh. was one of the people who had a really big hand in building the scene in Queens, which is like sort of. Oh. I started working there. There was one show on a Saturday night hosted by Suddenly Seymour. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. uh, great. And by the time I left, there were five shows at two different bars, five nights a week, and I started six of those. I love yes. that. Yes. Come on, mogul. Uh, we had a good time. It's a good place. Was yeah. it your full-time? It's, it's still my full-time job. Still your full-time job. Yeah, I quit, I quit my day job um, January 2016, so it'll be, oh. it'll be no, January 2017. Um, I'm about to be on my third year of drag, but it'll be oh, wow. a full year of full-time drag. Did you start full-time yeah. after Dragula Meatball, or were you before that? Uh, I was almost full-time right before. I was, like, subsidizing myself with, like, mm. nannying a little bit, Fierce. but then People once, let you... You were a nanny? I was a nanny for autistic children. <gasps> I feel like you would be a really good I am nanny, a, just like. a giant child. Oh, so my God. Like really revelation. Fun to take care of them. There are like, so many queens uh, that I know that uh, worked in, with, like, special needs kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. Camilla Fox, Dixie and Cartwright mm-hmm. are, uh, are or were teachers for uh, yep. kids. I had no idea. That's, yeah. That's yeah. so yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was so rewarding and so I miss it sometimes. But yeah, now mm-hmm. I'm full-time. Post-Dragula, there's like no, I'm traveling like every other weekend mm-hmm. so there's no time to like do anything except for suck dicks. That's fair. <laughs> sure, there's always time for that. See, that's how I subsidize my drink. <laughs> All right, uh, let's jump in. Uh, we are going to ask a series of questions uh, like we do every week. I don't know why I felt the need to I have my first glass of champagne and my brain's still uh, leveling out, so let's Happy see. Happy Halloween. Halloween. All right. Uh, what do you want your performance to impact? Oh, sorry. How do you want your performance to impact an audience slash what kind of feeling do you want the audience to feel when you're on stage and when you leave the stage? I mean, that's, um, uh, you know. It's a complex question. It is a complex I'm, question. No, I'm ready for this. Oh, this is, okay. I'm so I'll, ready. Lucky can it. start. Because <laughs> jump in. Jump in. <laughs> they are very about this. I, oh, I, I, I like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Aw. Look, I cry on almost every one of these episodes. If you listen hard, you can tell when. You can hear the <laughs> whimpering. Listen for the tears. Hear the tears. Hear the tears. I'm crying now. 
a meatball that's on a long cough. Uh, like, uses it <laughs> yep, to I'm muffle the... Don't make me... Muffle the weeping. <laughs> the weeping. Oh, no. Of an episode later. I'm excited. Um, no, I I want the audience to have a flush of like, oh my god, how beautiful, and then I want them to feel nostalgic and lonely, and then like a soaring hope that that loneliness will be uh, relieved a little bit. I'm rock hard right now. <laughs> Are you the same? That's way? truly no, it. absolutely not. You've seen me perform. Yeah, my, my goal. I have to say before we start this, yes, uh, I saw Gilda at Lamu Drag Brunch in Louisville. Louisville last time I was there, mm-hmm. and I was like floored. I I've seen so many live performances, but it was definitely one of my mm-hmm. top five. Like cause she did mm-hmm. two numbers, and and then jumped on the mic, and I was like, "You gotta hit us up." Thank you. I'm yeah, really excited you to be here. Killed it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, just hand out compliments either. So. I'll take it. I'll take it. Put it right <laughs> in my titty pocket. Yeah. Um, no, I mean my my goal is to come out looking like beautiful and approachable, and then make the audience laugh their asses off, mm-hmm. so I can invite them into my world, and then I can talk politics. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I can make them laugh, yeah. and I can get them on my side, and I can be like, yeah. "I'm a friendly fucking bitch," then I can also talk about things that are affecting me and things that are affecting the rights of the people that are in our community and help them sort of um, change their minds a little bit and especially yeah. in a community like that in Kentucky I have a lot of work I can do yeah. in terms of making people <laughs> say that's probably enough yeah. 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 Uh, it's a great battle though I got yeah. I went to New York to find my own like personal strength and then I am coming back to Kentucky to invest in the queer community that raised me hell yes, yes. I love that. hell yes you're kind of giving me the same vibes that I got from Marty Gold yep. yeah. who oh I love that bitch super political yep. and we love she Marty was, she was on here and told us she like talks to the fucking mayor and yeah. right. it's on the nightlife council it's, it's so wild, wild. My, my husband works that. for um, a congressional campaign in Kentucky. Oh, really? Wow. He's really political, and then I'm like a drag queen, but politically minded. So. Yes. I love that. Yeah. We great. need that. Yeah, absolutely. We, we're trying to get a female Democrat, former U.S. Marine, one of the first fighter pilots in the Marines elected. Oh, yeah. Woo. Yeah. That's so cool. She's a tough bitch. She's What's really cool. Amy McGrath for the 6th yeah. District in Shout the U.S. Out to She's Amy. amazing. She made a really good viral campaign. Yeah. yeah. She had a viral video. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Wait, what it's was a meme. it? I'm a meme. It's great. <laughs> she she just released an ad about how she wrote all these letters to um, Congress and to the Senate, including our fucking Senator Mitch McConnell, and all of them were like, mm-hmm. no, you can't be a fighter pilot in the Marines because you're a woman. And she stuck around and she did it. And she was one of the first fighter pilots. She flew combat missions in Iraq. Like blah 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 blah. I'm not really big on war, but like you know, that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. her thing. And um, is like having been a fighter pilot, and that's fucking cool because she did it. Yeah, and um, that went huge because feminists and people in the country are like, this is what we need. We need strong fucking women who are huge badasses who can like get in there and fuck shit up. And she's not part of the democratic establishment she's from outside like the DNC did not want her to run they were backing the mayor of Lexington who's like a rich white dude you know what I mean <laughs> yep. and um, she won the primary anyway and she's fucking shit up and they just raised three million dollars which is two million more than her candidate damn oh, no. yes. the director he fucked it love that yeah if you want to edit this we won't no so it's fine. my asshole's all over grinders so <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, we we killed Meatball. Meatball just got some tea. How long has that tea been steeping? Like actual tea, not Uh, you know, two minutes. Like tea on the tea, tea on the tea. Simple tea longer than another minute. Why not? Well, because it'll burn it. It's like yeah, you shouldn't steep tea for longer than like three or four minutes. Well, Trey, the longer you leave it in, it's just gonna get burnt. I used to work at a tea shop. Oh wow. Okay, so if you leave it in, it's like leaving (laughs) in a turkey in the oven longer. Like it's not gonna give it more of a turkey taste. It's just gonna make it good. you know, for the, you know, four minutes and then it's just going to start tasting like burnt. So you, you got to take today. that, take that, huh? You taught me today. <laughs> I've <laughs> learned something. Yeah. How many times you out? I want to know how many times you gave this speech to people at the tea shop. Oh, That's I what I want to know. Yeah. For black tea, I think it's like three or four minutes. And for like lighter teas, it's like two. I don't know what to do with that. Good to know. Oh, I always steep like lighter teas longer. Like I five to six. Leave the tea bag in and finish the more gentle. I mean, not good. Um, It starts to taste kind of weird at the end, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, it's because it's just but I enjoy that. And I expect it. See if that's a journey that you, you know want to go on with your tea. Me. Uh, I can't believe we haven't given out more tea drinking tips on this podcast. <laughs> on the, on the, when you really have the expertise, that should be, the, that should be our our like, like, I love Indian it. Sun. Sponsor them. Yeah, I love their tea. <laughs> yeah, move over, Miss Cracker. T Rex is going to be Indian Sun. Oh my god. Oh boy. Off the rails. We have to get you. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I forgot. <laughs> what do you want the audience to feel? Besides, you know? besides herpes, what do you think the audience gets after they see you? In I just think 
I like my whole. <laughs> it's not herpes. It's syphilis. Uh, my goal so is terrible. to like literally take people's minds off of things for a Absolutely. minute to see how. I literally do the dumbest shit on stage just to be like, how far can I go with this until it's annoying? And like, how can I entertain people in a way that they're going to like not think about like, oh shit, bills are due and like things like that. Because like so many little things in my life have like built up to a situation where I'm like depressed or sad or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like so easy just to like put it into the drag and be like, I don't want other people to feel this shitty. How can I make them feel better? Yeah. By being the worst idiot, by screaming and having the most annoying voice. <laughs> I ask, like, famous drag queens who are not expecting it, like, have they fisted anybody? Or like, are they sucking dicks later? Uh, things like that, just to be like, oh, why is she like this? And then they don't have to think about their own things. Like, I I agree with with what Gilda said about, like, kind of sneaking in the politics yeah. of it all. But right. I personally, I never say anything political because, like, it, to even I, it just brings me down. The state of the world is trash, yeah. and it freaks me out. Um, and I also so, feel like I have to over-educate myself if I'm going to stand up for something. Yeah, I need to know I every angle of it before I say something. But I would so much I rather want, leave yeah. that to the people right. who actually. Like, I'm like, pointing well, at people who actually. Yeah. We need all of this, though. Yes. Yeah. We need people yes. to like sit there and just entertain. We need people yeah. to like make beauty yeah. on stage, and then we can have someone who's like, "I'm a fucking idiot," but also let's talk yeah. about trans yeah. lives today. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we need all of it. My thing is like, the world is trash, but like, come into our space for an hour and a half once a week let it all go away feel just safe absorb get absorbed by yeah. you know, these yes. fucking clowns doing whatever um yeah there's always a place for politics but i i just am like i'm so over i i just feel like i'm not personally going to teach anyone anything that they can't you know open up facebook for five minutes and learn about <laughs> like, but also so don't I, read I don't those facebook articles like actually uh, do your own so, research because uh, they're also biased and leading are they trying to tell us now that like they got rid of all of the fake well they are good? posting they are posting i so i recently reposted an article and I like read the article and was like, oh, the title is misleading, but the information's good. So I made a disclaimer, but then when I posted it, Facebook recommended me look at the PolitiFact and the Snopes article on the article I posted. Oh. So it, it, was, it was like, oh. just so you know, you should read this because this article wow. is not a good. My cousins thought. should do that. Yeah. Because oh. they just post the most oh. random shit. And my like, dad, we're not related. We're not related. <laughs> my dad sent me the Snopes article and I was like, already read it, dad. <laughs> I'm educated. Also, if you read my post, I had a disclaimer. Thanks, Facebook. That's actually pretty cool that they're doing that now. Yeah, it's really great. I'm, like, really proud of the journey that Facebook's on. I mean, it's because, like, it's taking money out of their pockets to not do that. Um, And that's what capitalism is. We have to work within the system right now, unfortunately. But, like... You know, I'm grateful that we got them on our side. Yeah. It's good shit. I love that. Yeah. Well, speaking of cousins and fathers and such. Oh, that's dangerous where I'm from. Here's the next question. I'm from the deep south. Someone said, if white people don't have culture, how do you explain incest? Wait, oh Meemaw, man! Where are you originally from? I'm, my both of my parents were born in like South Louisiana, right. dark, dark Louisiana, and um, they moved out. So my parents, like when I grew up, we grew up all over the world. Like I grew up in London, Norway, and Egypt. Oh, so I was like very oh. cultured and open, but we never really saw our, that side of our family much because I started doing drag and they started following that, and then they all blocked me. It was very weird, and then I had to go to my grandma's funeral, and they were all staring at me like I was a psycho, and I was like, I could leave this room right now. <laughs> I don't talk to anyone. Oh, I mean, get... I, oh, well, yeah. no, it's fine. Jump in, jump in. No, no, you asked the question. <laughs> yeah. we're, this is we're literally... like talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. it, but it's... It's fine. So for the audiences at home, yeah. the question is, <laughs> how has drag affected your relationship with your families? Were they supportive? Do they come to shows? How much of your drag life do they know about? But T, talk about this. Well, I mean, I don't talk to any of my dad's side of the family no. because, I mean... I haven't talked to them in long enough to know. I'm sure they're all Trumpy. Yeah. But, I mean, they're all, like, backwoods rednecks. I mean, mm-hmm. my I talked to my mom's side of the family. They're from Chattanooga, Tennessee. But I don't talk to my dad's side of the family, which are uh, a long line of people from Florida, which there aren't a lot of people that are a long line of people from Florida. Mm-hmm. If you are, that probably means you live, like, in the middle of the state and you're fucking scary. Yeah. Like, the longer you lived in Florida, that's scarier. <laughs> like, most people are, like, second, third generation, you know, because they're just going there on vacation and stuff. Right. Um, but, yeah, I I don't talk to any of these fucking crazy people. Mm, yeah. I have literally like four family members I talked to. Last time I saw my cousins was in eighth grade at my grandmother's funeral. They all showed up in camo because they had just come from hunting. Yeah. They were trying to pick up the girls in the funeral from across the oh hall. My oh my god. We just god. do not talk to 
talk to them. Wow. Yeah. Other than that, they would just be like scooping poop behind the horses in the holiday parade. And we're just, my mom's like, don't talk to them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I will say my parents are pre- like pretty supportive of my career. Like they buy all my merch and they do that stuff. Aww. And when I went to Houston to perform, they came out to my show and like, brought their church friends, which oh, I thought was hilarious. Oh. But like even when I was born, I was adopted and they're both white and my brother is white and I was like black. And it was uncomfortable. I was I was black. Not anymore. No. Um, I'm black. And now she's just a meatball. I think, like, I heard one of these great stories about my grandfather being like, we're not going to let a black person in our house. And my mom was like, then we're leaving. Yeah. So it was just like, it already started weird. And then I got weirder as I got older. I mean, drag or not, like, I don't think they give a fuck about my lifestyle. And I don't give a fuck about theirs. I'm black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think it is easier when you come from a super small family because I've always had to pick my family on the outside you know I don't yeah. brothers and sisters you know I had to go out and like make friends so I was you know why am I going to talk to my cousins using the n-word at you know Thanksgiving why would I talk or grandma's to- funeral or grandma's I cannot yeah. believe like, that like why am I going to connect with these people I, uh, there's so many other people in the world that I can connect with so yeah anyways <laughs> Gilda uh, um, how does drag affect your relationship I'm actually really close with my family like all of them have come to my shows my very first drag show or my dad's very first drag show was me Layla McQueen and Anya Androvna and oh! There's, like, a picture of Layla, like, touching my dad's shoulders, and he's, like, looking up laughing at her. It's, like, so great. Um, That was the exact lineup when I saw you guys. Yeah, yeah, that was was the day. That was was the the same day. My my family was there. I I got in trouble because I made a pedophilia joke because my Uncle James was in the audience, Uh and and Daniel, the producer, was like, Gilda, clean it up, clean it up. Uh, (laughs) But I was like, what? The audience and the waitresses laughed. We're doing fine. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I'm I'm very privileged and lucky to have a family who is, like, on board, and it took took a, a while. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when I started doing drag, my dad was like, are you a woman? And I was like, I'm not a woman, but also if I was a woman, that would be okay. Like, yeah. we have to have that comment. You know what I mean? Also, like, I know that he cares about me on a personal level because, like, when I moved back to Kentucky, he was like, put your drag in our basement if you don't have room for it. Do you need a car? I'm going to help you find a car. Oh, oh. That's amazing. My, my yeah. father is the kind of human who's the example of something thinks that's what he's supposed to vote oh, for, not because man. he thought it through. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he... Well, there's that, and then there's right. family that's just going to fight with you on the Donald Trump thing, but then there's, like, you know, I have family members that I am not particularly as close with and yeah. I know that their political views suck but they're still they're just confused yeah. right. they're confused they don't know. and that's fine they don't know they they buy the, the rhetoric of him being a, a, a good business person or right. whatever he is um, oh the, yeah. we, we had a, a one fight once that my mom started because my because <laughs> my, like, my mom is really quite liberal especially now she, like once once she realized that like they were shitting all over women she was like no fuck this bullshit yeah. I have a vagina I'm yeah. like in danger I love that um, but she started that fight and at the end of it my dad was like I'm just tired of feeling wrong and that was that was like so telling to me because it's not a, he, he he's like he, he understands that he's wrong yeah. he just feels attacked by feeling wrong because he's a white dude do you know what yeah. I mean and it's a pride and like, thing with so many white right. dudes yep. like when a bunch of people come at you you right. go I didn't do anything I'm just this is exactly. how I was taught like, yeah. Yeah, but I that's know. why his actions say like he cares about me and his words don't you know what I mean yeah. and so I'm like cool to be like I love you dad like you're an idiot for voting for Donald Trump but like we're like real tight you know what I mean yeah um, and I use that base that like family support system that, which allows me to invest in talking about other people's yeah. rights and stuff yeah. because I'm okay you know what I mean yeah. I'm chill my family supports me so I can use that privilege to like talk about other things that need to be talked about yeah yeah, yeah. Man. I'm really lucky cool. I'm really lucky I really love that I'm fucking jealous I'm leaving <laughs> <laughs> just come be part yeah. of my family alright I'm in they it's, would love you it's interesting that you say though that you've gone on such a journey with them because I feel like I've had the same even since we started recording this podcast my parents have really gone on a journey like at first they were really not cool with the fact that I was doing drag no. and they were so and I couldn't figure out quite why because I've you know we were theater kids I've done theater my whole life and right. I'm like how is this very different yeah. in fact this is better because has the stigma of it does whatever. it's my mom was like my mom basically thought I was working in a peep show which I was like mom that's fine too but I'm not doing that right it's always that that's fine too yeah. right. right but she thought yeah she thought I was literally like in some skeevy bar which I am yeah but like that dudes were like jacking it to me all the time Do you think like that I was topless in a bar and I was like what is what is that about like yeah. what are you afraid of and I'm I am certain that that was something that either my grandfather or my grandmother said because there's also like she's like nobody's gonna want to see a six-year-old drag queen and I'm like mom let me show you these pictures of these six-year-old drag queens that are fucking killing it right now yeah you know I was like let me talk to you about lady bunny like yeah you know and 
and over you see it and I'm never out there. So different. So different. Yeah. Yeah. When you meet that person that you think is the devil, when right. you see him and you go, oh, there's some, what, why am I, okay, this person yeah. should have rights. This person can tap dance topless if they want in a bar. <laughs> who cares? And my, my little sister, Emily, shout out to Emily who listens to this podcast sometimes. Hi, Emily. Hi, um, uh, came to Chicago and came to the, this was like a couple years ago, came to the Amanda Lepore thing that they did at Berlin. Wow. Had a great She's time. Sick, yeah. You were super nice to her. All of the queens were super nice to her and she's very very shy and like reserved and was like nervous but was like down to do it because yeah. she wanted to see where I was working yeah, I love that. and was like afterwards talked to my parents and was like hey it's actually really cool everybody's really nice this is Lucky's su- they didn't say Lucky but this is Lucky's support system right and so that made a big difference and then the other day my mother sent me this picture of myself as like a nine year old on Halloween in a wizard hat and cape but I did like my contouring at oh, nine wow. and I didn't know and this was like ages before I discovered that I wanted to do this or even started really playing with makeup ahead of your time I know I was and then I lost it for a while but as a nine year old I really fucking knew what was up I knew and she was like I can't believe I never saw this before and so now she's like oh this has been happening the whole time and this is just the beginning of the fullness of the expression of whatever so I love that yeah they're pretty cool Good. My uh, my mom has always been like super fucking cool with it. Even when mm-hmm. I was ugly as shit, she's just like my mom's <laughs> the kind of mom who is like, you know, she's just, like if I just like became a hermit and became really disgusting, she'd be like, "But you woke up today, things are great." Like, uh, I like, love that. Uber supportive. Like, That's a great to a fault. <laughs> I was such an only child where I'm like everything. Right. Yeah. Uh, but my my grandmother, I never fully came out to her, and she actually just passed last month. But we were always really close. But it was a thing where it's like nice, like good lipstick on, like a nice yes. fresh haircut. Like she always had like statement pieces, and not just in a corny white lady way, but she had like she good knew what was up. She knew what was up, and mm-hmm. she lived in a tiny little town, and uh, she was like liberal as shit. Like it's crazy. Even when she started to go like senile at the end, yeah. Like the only thing she would watch was BET, <laughs> and yes, she bitch. like I sat in her hospital with her while she like explained the like whole storyline of like meet the Browns to me and every time <laughs> Trump came on TV she would start booing like <laughs> so she like she was weirdly woke uh, but my I just never came out to her because it just didn't I don't know it's that thing where like mm-hmm. she knew I knew and my mom kind of helped her understand it and yeah. she would show her like pictures of me mm-hmm. so then slowly she would send me emails sending me like the pictures back being like will you teach me how to do this with my like contour yes so oh. I started sending her Jeffree Star like lipsticks because she was really wrinkly around the mouth yep. and they wouldn't see into the yeah. right. so she wouldn't have to line them like she had done for years so even when like we went into the the hospital. She was like applying her lipstick and like yelling at the TV her and Jeffrey stuff. Star. And I was like, Christ. "Grandma, oh let me see what lipstick you're wearing." She was wearing "Problematic" by Jefferson. Oh no! <laughs> we love a problematic makeup artist. <laughs> But I was always, you know, even to not have the conversation with her about mm-hmm. being gay or drag, like, specifically, or why I'm doing what I'm doing, like, mm-hmm. for her to, like, watch Drag Race and see... Yeah, of uh, course. Like, during the hurricane, my mom, like, put just put on, like, marathons of Drag Race. Oh, uh, so my <laughs> Yeah, so my, my grandmama would just message me, like, I saw kimchi, I like that one, and I don't know, it was just cool. That's, because, that's really cool. awesome. Because we can you know bond over that but we don't have to have the conversation about like why are you gay what is tell me the, the yeah. ins and outs what did of we this? do wrong yeah it was oh, just yeah. like it is what it is we don't have to talk about it just come as you are like it is what it that's is that's lit so yeah that's I was always cool. very thankful of that and uh yeah my girl yeah right. shout out to grandma Jackie, Jackie. you want to do the next one mm, sure I feel like there's two things. Why don't uplift trans people that don't want to be visible is number one. That's a very like, good point. I yeah. think that's something that doesn't yeah. get talked yeah. about a lot because yeah. sometimes people, and I'm, you know, talking to a lot of my non-binary or like gender non-conforming friends right now who are like in the process of like becoming comfortable with it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not going to want me like shouting them, being out like, shout out to so-and-so, yeah. my non-binary friend. And they're like, I'm not ready to talk about yeah. this yet. Right. And especially for trans people, that can be damaging and dangerous and horrifying right to be outed and before they're ready or before you know in an environment that's not right so start out by like asking 
or like talking to people or like mm-hmm. yeah. d- don't like lift people up who don't want to be lifted into the sunlight because they're a, still dealing with it. Yeah. Um, it's like when you're not out and, and anytime someone yep. brings up something gay, you just stop talking and walk yeah. away. Yep. You don't, you don't want to be no. like, get the fuck out of the room. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so like let them tell you, let yeah. the conversation happen. But yeah. so many people out and there are many trans people out here who are doing amazing vis- like visibility work and talking. You just have to amplify their voices. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and whether that's like doing the repost thing or like talking to friends about it, being like, hey, did you read this article that so-and-so wrote? Like, yeah. did you see this thing, this news article about it? Like those things, just dropping them into normal conversation because I think people think that it has to be a giant heavy conversation. Exactly. It shouldn't. It should be about like hanging out with your friends in your everyday life and normalizing talking about that right. shit. Right, because love that. Ditto, ditto, ditto. I don't know if I have anything. I, I also, think, I also think there's something to be said for um, being insistent about the um, pronouns and the names of your yes. friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it can be really difficult in a community when people, you know, say, I want to be called this and this is what's happening and this is who I am now for everyone to shift that. And if you, mm-hmm. if someone says, oh, you know, let's, I'm just an example. Like someone's like, yeah, oh, you know, Adam, he's great. And you're like, no, 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 no. That's oh, not yeah. what they want to be called anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is their name. Or and, and just like making sure like in conversation you do your best. That's a great right. way to uplift people yeah. without making it a huge deal and with making the conversation. And without totally embarrassing normal. them. Right. right. Yeah. I think that there's sometimes sometimes can be like this landmine thing, like someone who's just done something wrong that you're not slapping them on the wrist immediately. No. Right. Just just so you know, she's like she now. Or right, you know. right. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. then it you doesn't know. have to be and, a huge crazy thing. If the person fights you back, then that's when you got to have your day. <laughs> right. But otherwise, just, you know, go in kind of uh, just assume the best. Yeah. People don't always know. And right. sometimes, you know, we use the gay she for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's a slip up and, too. But if that right. bothers them, you, then you, you don't do it. Don't do and it. And if you it's do fuck up, if you do fuck up and we all fuck up, yeah. like don't make it a big apology. No. You know I mean? like, yeah. like if someone's like, hey, be like, oh, I'm sorry. And then move on. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? Keep I did, I did it on Twitter life. recently. I was like, hey girl, blah, blah, blah. And then I messaged him and I was like, hey, just so you know, like I didn't mean it that way. I'm sorry. I offended you. Hope you're having a great day. And he's like, yeah, it's cool. And I was like, work. Thank you. I think for me, is like I don't understand the experience it's not something that I've gone through so for me I ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. but like do it in a way that isn't like rude or like public and just be smart about it and if they don't want to answer the question don't keep don't pressing, keep pressing. Don't push it. Google it yeah, yeah. yeah. Google like, is know. free friend yeah. Yeah. Google but, is but fucking free I'm the same free. way where like if I meet someone who's a sex worker or anything yeah. that's like out of my universe I want to be like okay but what happened what happens like when this happens yeah. like does this ever happen my podcast I find people that like are Plug very Oh, my podcast, I have Unbearable <laughs> with Big Dipper and Meatball. We have a bunch Love of Big celebrity Dipper. guests. Um, but we've had people on, like, in the porn industry, and I've had, like, a lot of questions about that. And so, like, I invite them on there where it's, like, an open forum. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, find the right person to talk to and don't blindly back something that you don't fully understand. Oh, sure. Like, fully get all the information, I mm-hmm. think. That's, like, my big thing. Yeah. Also, questions. there was something in, in, like, saying I would correct somebody in front of someone if there was like a pronoun wrong or something that indicates too to me that there's not been a space where people are allowed to say their pronouns in the first place right exactly. like and that happens in like the warmest loveliest spaces I'm in a rehearsal process right now and I'm not the director and there just has never been a moment I'm the only trans person in the room that I know about and there just hasn't been a moment structured where I could even tell people that I use they them right. or that yeah. I'm trans or pronouns or she her like if I'm yeah. drag like yeah. she hurts yeah. and normalize that that is a powerful tool and a great way to be an ally yeah we we had someone on the podcast a little bit ago but they're kind of a rambunctious person they're very sweet but you know kind of headstrong and not always paying attention to the things around them and I just immediately as soon as we set up the situation I said hi this is lucky pronouns are they them uh this is what we're doing you know and yeah it's awesome just Dope mash man. it in there and I love that you guys used to open the podcast like that oh we, we haven't done that in we ages because we just assume people yeah. are still yeah. well my name is lucky I use they them pronouns I'm a T-Rex it that and blood curdling scream <laughs> Amazing. My name is Gilda Wabbit. I prefer goddess whore and slut. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, good. And I'm Meepaw, and I prefer... <laughs> Great. We're doing amazing. We did it. We did, we it. did, we did it, friends. It. No, I love that. Um, all right. You, uh, I, we, we agreed on how we were going to... And now it's it. all off the rails. Oh, all off the rails. All right. But it's you now. Okay. Now it's your turn. 
where do you start when creating a piece? How do you concept and flesh out particularly complicated acts? Um, this is to everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, so I'll, I'll, I can jump in. Yeah, I, um, I ha- love to do comedy spoken word pieces and I love to talk about sexual health in like a funny way to mm-hmm. sort of like normalize that. And um, so I've been working on uh, a piece with uh, an Amy Schumer herpes uh, video and Baby I'm Burning by Dolly Parton. Um, And I started it because I heard Baby I'm Burning for the first time on Drag Race. God love me. I learned about that on Drag Race. Fuck it up. Thank you for that. I love that song. Um, And I was like, oh my God, I want to do that song and I want to make it funny and I can talk about, you know, sexual health in like a weird, funny way. And I have made four different versions of that (laughs) and I have premiered them all. And I think the first three were all terrible. I'm premiering the fourth this weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend in Louisville. It's not a Halloween number, so I'm not Um, But like, how can I make this funny? Do you know what I mean? I'm trying really hard to lean into like the comedy aspect of what I do. So you start with like the punchline, which maybe I'm burdened would be the punchline. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I start with the punchline and I'm like, okay. How do I lead up? How do I lead up? Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's Mm -hmm. like telling a joke. You need like a three act structure. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like you, you, so I, you know, I'm like, okay, these, these chunks of dialogue work. Do I put them in this order? Okay. She mentions Valtrex. Should I splice in a Valtrex commercial? (laughs) Does the Valtrex commercial work here? No, it doesn't. What about the end? Maybe (laughs) not. Like, you know what I mean? And it's about finding the pieces shuffling them around and also being willing for your number to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Oh, because yeah. I have failed many a time on oh, yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have to. Right. When people come to a gig and it's like like a gig here, I'm going to bring numbers that I know work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But Don't you, try new stuff out in other cities. But please. if you no. see me at home and I walk on stage and you're like, wow, Gilda wasn't that great tonight yeah. in that number, it's because I'm trying something new for you. Exactly. And that's like a key element, I think, is being comfortable with like fucking up. Right. Yeah. You think those comedians that have like HBO specials yes. start out with the quality that oh, no. they oh. know? Absolutely not. I often go to like the improv and they'll come mm-hmm. in. The other day, Dane Cook walked in. It was so <laughs> oh weird God. He was like working TNT. on new material. He's still around. Yeah, it's so weird that he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> all, like everyone in the audience was just kind of like, oh, this is a weird taste. <laughs> but um, it was, yeah, I think for like me, I think I have a very similar process. I find like a look that I want to do that has like a spoken word part in it. Like I'm doing a Drew Barrymore from Scream number tonight. Because I was like, I are like wild and ways to cut voices into it Mm. I just want it to be as annoying as possible yeah Yeah. so if I could find different songs that fit in and help the punchline it's great always specifically uh, anything from the new A Star Is Born movie oh Oh, sure I think that any of those songs I hated that movie but the songs Oh, this is so funny because I almost never do mixes at all it's almost always like either compilations of one artist or one straight serious song because I'm thinking about the like moments of transformation that could potentially happen Mm. where the like emotional peaks of the song are and then thinking about what pieces of an outfit that I can create that then can transform into other things or that I can transform into other things also I'm always waiting to throw the confetti you love the yeah. I fucking I love, love confetti. I love Bring the production value. That's what I got to do. Uh-uh, that's not me. I'm in an Amazon Prime dress with a <laughs> microphone. Like, Ray in the audience likes it because she's still fucking poor. <laughs> I, she's the other day. I was like, poor. fuck, I wish I could buy just buy clothes, but my proportions are so insane that like, mm-hmm. I have to make all of it. Right. But I, wish I could just buy something and like spend three hours stoning it and be like, I'm ready. <laughs> that's so <Mama's> funny. Here. <laughs> so funny. I, want- I bought a pair of panties on Amazon because they could stretch and I stoned them and I was like, my name is Tranica. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you though that number that you did I'm obsessed with this number we've talked about it on the podcast before where you it was just reveals on reveals on reveals yeah. of the oh, same yeah. dress the Kim how did one. yeah how did that start did you I, think of that idea and well, then you I build thought a song of the idea it? of like how to make a dress reveal from the shoulders so you're not doing that dumb thing where you're like pulling the whole dress yeah. off and throwing it right and then I had the idea of like wouldn't it be hilarious if someone just got on stage and just because I was so tired of seeing reveals and I was like what if they just revealed to the same thing over and over and over yeah. and then I was like what if every time the reveal happened it was the same thing but it happened in a different way <laughs> that's, that's, and then so that's why I like built that's how I built that together and then when she reposted it I was like my life is complete mm-hmm. there's a there's a queen in New York called Busted and Busted is Busted that's, like her, <laughs> shtick. that's her shtick what? but she only shows up in one JCPenney dress all the time she has one look <laughs> one wig and my favorite thing I was stoned up my mind I had taken like a gummy worm edible and I saw her show on Fire Island and she came out and started doing with one look 
from um, Sunset Boulevard. Oh, oh my God. God. And she gets to the, I'll be home at last. And with one look, and she tears off the dress to the same, same dress. Oh, my God. Same concept. And I was, God. That's so funny. It's such a good bit. And I love that, like, that happens. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's such a subversion and perversion of like mm-hmm. what we expect in drag and that's the way to make an audience laugh. Absolutely. Set up an expectation and subvert yeah. it. It's always a thing that, that I laugh the hardest at where it, you're like, oh, why did no one think of that before? Like, it's just a super simple. Yep. Um, I don't uh, perform. Uh, but <laughs> when I'm... What? But if Shocking. I'm shocked. But I was thinking like if I'm writing for someone, if I'm like doing ghost writing or any kind of comedy writing mm-hmm. and stuff, it always starts with a punchline. Yeah. It's like you right. guys. So like whenever I go through my phone like if I'm out writing a roast or something it'll just be like all the people in the roast and then it reads like Donald Trump tweets or something like it's just like fat old ugly like it goes to like what is gonna eventually talking about me it's, it's gonna eventually be like what is revealed to be the punchline but then it's like how can I get to there mm-hmm. and then you, you, you flesh it out but yeah, yeah I yeah. always start with the meanest evilest so I don't let anyone see the notes because they're just so awful so yeah. rude you've got to find that kernel of funny like what yeah. The thing yeah. that makes you laugh, and yeah. then how do you how sell do you, that? Yeah, yeah. Sure. even yeah. if people feel guilty laughing at it, like I start oh. with that. Yeah, if I have a microphone in my hand, I've said many horrible things. Yes. As a, and there was one time I was like, I said a joke, and then I was like, Oh my god, audience, oh, I'm so that. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny too. It I didn't mean to say that. To like immediately apologize for it and just be like, That was horrible. No, that was uncouth. Let's move on. <laughs> Don't repeat me. Oh, I never apologize. Oh, well, I'm just a political drag queen, so yeah, I have to like I have to be careful about what my my message is. And I'm looking for people to read me every day, so I'm just gonna say whatever. I just want people to read me every day, so. Oh. And that's why your hole is take all over Take your prep, take your prep. Wow. <laughs> How did, how did we get here? Because <laughs> you invited Kilda That's true. I mean, we knew when y'all were coming together, we were just like, oh, right. coming together. Hey, yo. I love that. All right, we got two more. You want to do the, the I next do. One? Well, I'm interested in this next one because I feel like we should ask our guests, obviously, yeah. but the question is, who are your biggest drag influences? And I want to see if I can remember the ones that you said on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Peggy Bundy and your yeah. stepmother? Yeah. She was horrible. She was a black widow. My dad was her third husband. She took all of his money, including the switch plates off the walls and the, the uh, rug. She scammed him. The best part is, after six months, she came back and apologized to him. He took her back and she did it again. No. no. Wow. But she was just this horrible Southern woman whose uh, family were just... They were all scammers, and she, her hair was, you know, two feet tall and blonde, and all over the house they had those uh, like J.C. Penney, like Sears photos. Oh uh, it's like her in a feather boa with little cleavage and like a, a you know, a cowboy hat. Yep. Oh, Jesus! So gross. But I just love the idea <laughs> that she was this horrible person at the core. She was so disgusting, uh, and then she just razzle dazzled it up. So I always <laughs> love the idea of being like pretty, but also the things you're saying are so pretty, gross, pretty but horrible. Yeah, you're like, oh. God, she's awful, but I love that dress. Like, that hair looks really good. I just always wanted to be, like, pretty, (laughs) but also be, like, screaming and reading and yelling. Look, you did it. Here we are. Graduation is great. (laughs) What about you guys? I think that my biggest drag inspiration is uh, Amy Sedaris. Yeah. I just love how, like, fucking weird she is. And I used to, I read this story about how when she first started, like, doing these characters, she wanted a fat suit, but she could only afford the bottom half. (laughs) And to me, being, that's, like, me in a nutshell. Like, I want to do all these amazing things, but I can only afford, like, the bottom half. So you make it work. So I just make it work. It's just, like, that was such a good inspiration. I was like, it doesn't always have to be the full effect. And she had a full TV show based off of that character. Yes, she did. Which was Strangers with Candy, Jerry Blank's bottom half. God, it's so good. Um, And I just love the way she's, like, so trashy, but sometimes, like, when she's out of drag it's just glamour mm-hmm. and so when I think about her I just think of like how she's so put together but she like makes herself a mess mm. and I like to think of myself that way except uh-huh. for I'm just a mess <laughs> <laughs> um, I have goals though her, and I think 
Um, do you guys know Maria Bamford? I, I yeah. Yeah. Old Baby is so great. Her her uh, her uh, sitcom is so good. So good. They overproduced it too. Yeah, yeah. Too much going on, but her stand-up is it's so good. So my favorite good. would be your war horse. <laughs> my favorite is when she just did a stand-up special in her parents' living room yes, yes, for so her parents. Yeah, I was so like, good. oh, that is a woman on the verge. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like that too. I always feel like I'm about to snap. Yeah. yeah. Well, and for her to be so openly talking about her mental health. And just mm-hmm. literally right. just talking about when she went to the asylum last. Yeah. And, and it, I don't know, I just always really connected with it. And I remember her having her first stand up special mm-hmm. on Comedy Central. Yeah. I'm yep. 30 when, when she was, when I was in like seventh or eighth. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's been doing it there for a minute. A while. Yeah. I think also maybe that's why like I'm, I'm very drawn to very open people. And I feel like she's just one of those people that's like, yes, I went into an insane asylum. Mm-hmm. I was not doing well. I'm out. My dog died because he fell off the porch. That's on me. <laughs> Me. Yeah. Like she'll just like talk about that stuff openly, and I'm like, that's me to a T. I want to be that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just love like funny women who are like very confident mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now, now we're looking at <laughs> now yeah. we're all um, at you. It's okay. So I'm gonna, in a moment of vulnerability, Gilda yes. Labud admits um, that I don't always love talking about my influences because uh, I don't always think that I. Uh, accomplish what I want as a drag queen. Mm. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm not always reaching the level that I want. And that's fair. I think a lot of artists feel like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think people who really, really inspire me, um, Madeline Kahn is a huge yes. influence. Yes. Um, I study classical music. I'm an opera singer. I do that a lot in my shows um, as well. And I love the idea of her being such like a weird kook and like so strange and comfortable being strange but also like using all of these technical skills but to like accomplish that yeah. right yeah. exactly um, also similar vein I'm obsessed with Kristen Chenoweth I've yes. said multiple times yes. like I want to be the Kristen Chenoweth of drag if I can queen um, well, you just, can hit the note right girl <laughs> she's there <laughs> um, and then did I'm, you see her on trial and error have you watched the no I haven't watched trial it. and error if you guys have what a chance that? trial and error the uh, it's based on like a true crime thing mm-hmm. and they pull a lot from like the staircase and like making a murderer yeah. and in the second season she is like the murderer on trial and it's her like blazing like it's full her just just theater just screaming yelling like uh, falling I have to watch it it's, it's incredible I, and the cast is all incredible Sherry Shepard's on it yeah. but it's her just eat chewing the scenery and you will I love, love it it is yeah. Pete Kristen Chenoweth oh that's the one where she's like in like a new outfit and everything like just like the cuntiest clothes uh, I mean one? she is but yeah. I don't know if yeah, that's the point of it I mean for me it is <laughs> it was, <laughs> it's, that was the, sorry it was on NBC but that's uh, yeah, it's it, the new season just came out a couple months ago go on no, I yeah. you off no no, no. The, like <laughs> those, those two funny classically trained women yeah. and then also the Looney Tunes and Mary Melodies cartoons so, again okay. classical music mash of things stupid and silly yes, like sense. that like that the, 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 and I also I wanted to be an illustrator before I became a performer oh, um, I, awesome. I applied for a bunch of visual art schools and music schools got scholarships mm-hmm. to music schools so I went to music school instead mm-hmm. um, but like illustration and animation like and I, I would love to be so visually captivating mm-hmm. eventually and then also be a fucking idiot like Bugs Bunny that yeah. sounds yeah. like great. Pair those I two. love that yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah that makes sense I love that I love a well-tailored, put-together nonsense. Right. We're yeah. getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. She's only three years in. We're going to get there. No, yeah. You're there. You're there. Lucky. What are your inspirations? Oh, I feel like I've talked about yeah. them. But, but you know, I mean, uh, Lee Bowery, huge for me. Work. Um, the, because the, I feel like the, not only is the visual incredible every single time. I can't sew like that, though. I'm trying to learn. Um, but the performance and the, like, transformational performance part of it is, like, everything. I just remember watching that video um, of Lee Bowery giving birth. I'm going to. Here's a person. Here's a person that I've been carrying around underneath this for a full two minutes of this song, which right. wild times. Um, and what, uh, makeup wise, um, Susie and the Banshees, um, Klaus Nomi, mm. huge, and everything that Bowie stole from Nomi, which is ah. to look. I love Bowie as much as the next person, but he fully stole. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I remember also just like way back in the day watching Sarah Andrews on st- way back in the day like two years ago mm-hmm. ages and ages ago <laughs> watching Sarah Andrews on stage and the way that she connected with every single audience member and like yeah. deep eye contact and really making that person feel like they were the only audience member there you know, and I always try to do that you guys know Sarah Andrews mm-hmm. she does yeah. oh I she follow does. her 1-800 wig takeout yeah yep. love her she also makes great wigs yeah, yeah. can't afford them anymore She's no too me big. neither Girl. oh yeah I just picked one up from her the other I day I just picked one up today <laughs> I just 
like this blew my Venmo account. It was uh-uh. just like done. <laughs> I was like, what if I pay you half today and then like half tomorrow? And then what if I don't answer calls for two days? <laughs> oh, just like a drag queen. <laughs> Like the money's coming. Just I, I was like, like right. mom, I need to do three more gigs. On, Hold on, on Saturday, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just paying everyone out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, shall we do the final one? We should. All right. Uh, what are your biggest tips for elevate elevating your social media presence and building your brand? How can I keep elevating my drag while still working and supporting myself? That's hard. Difficult. Can we start out with me? me. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm terrible. No, I I think on social media. I was just talking about this the other day. I think. I think the thing that a lot of queens and people do is that they don't show their true personality and they don't mm-hmm. show who yeah. they are outside of drag because people want to connect with you through your numbers, but they also want to know like who? what you're up to and yeah. like what you think about and stuff like that. And so that's why like I love that Instagram did that questions thing now because yes. mm-hmm. you can talk to it's like so it great. really lets you just interact with the, uh, people that follow you yeah. very quickly. Also, like be yourself and don't be afraid to be too annoying on the internet. <laughs> that it works for me, I think. <laughs> um, and also, like, just have fun. Like, don't take it seriously like it's a business. Or you could spend time working on, like, yourself as a person and as a drag queen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people will flock to you when you, like, are blazing through the industry and, like, doing that. Instead of yeah. just being like, oh, her Instagram's fun. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of girls with great Instagrams who and are just, not good performers yeah. and no. not do a show. There's a lot of girls who think that they're really, really funny, and they're not. And right. it's just like, just be yourself. Don't work on like trying to be this hilarious person. Right. Cracker had a show in New York. I was just talking about her. Called Insta Famous, <laughs> where she would invite people with large Instagram followers to the show, and it got canceled real fast. Ooh. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking right now. I'm so It's like going down. I love this Cracker. She's amazing. But the people involved were not. Good. They, she was she was bringing people who had large Instagram followings, but it didn't translate to people in the audience, and it didn't right. translate to right. performances. It does and not. Like bars it doesn't think mean that. that you're good. I've right, seen no. so many people with like millions of followers, and I'm like watching them perform, and I just want to be like, just stay, just do the photos thing. Right. Like do that. Make that your brand. Be a model. There are even yeah. people with millions of followers on Instagram who are like, your makeup and your hair and your outfits are not stunning. Yeah. They just found a way to right. pop off. Like maybe they are. Friends. Which is yeah. an important thing about elevating your social media. If you can find the one that you're good at, yeah. invest in that. Yeah. People love talking to me, so I invest a lot of time in Twitter yeah. because that is the most interactive yeah. medium. So Twitter is like my jam. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like find the one that you're good at. If you love taking photos and you're not a good talker, invest in Instagram. Yep. If you love there making videos and like you love like that, go to YouTube. Yeah. You know what I mean, do if you, if you love making short videos, go to TikTok. Like, <laughs> I, I, also, TikTok. Dip your toe into every yeah, single one of them. Like, oh, yeah. like just see right. what people respond to. Because like for me, I think my Instagram is what people respond to most. And then, of course, like the Hornet videos I do get a lot of views. But like, I think the people just want to see me being an idiot during the yeah, day and right. that's, that's what I'm good at so much of what I do is like just off the cuff like I see something funny in public I'm like how can I roast this and I think Instagram motherfucking free soup <laughs> that was today yeah. Um, yeah like whenever I can find something I can roast on Instagram video and then you just makes you laugh you find one makes you laugh and then you just keep revisiting yeah. it and that's just the nature of comedy yeah. and whatever like, makes you laugh go, if go, you go, keep go. doing right. it you'll, yeah. your people will find you because they laugh at it too right yeah, yeah, my Insta story and like all of the posts that I make are all about the things that are interesting to me or that mm-hmm. I find visually right. like juicy. People want to fangirl drag queens. There are people that are just looking for new queens to fangirl. Yeah. If you're not putting out the content, they don't have a way to absorb yeah. you. Right. So girls that go, well, what do they care about that? I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to annoy people. Girl, put it out. You will be surprised. Yeah. Tell people where to find you, when to find you, and you know, just just keep posting videos. Oh yeah, and right. if you think you're annoying someone then you're not doing it for yourself you're doing it for someone else that's part of it all and if you're not getting and this goes to the second part of the question which is how can I keep elevating my drag as well as elevating your social media while you're working if you're not getting the response that you want right away you have to have patience yes. with yourself. You're not so everyone all at once. No. And don't no. buy the followers. No, no, no don't, don't do it. it. Just don't, don't spend do the it. money. It's, it's slimy. It's slimy. Yeah. 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 I don't do it. Yeah, give yourself a break. When you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh my God, my picture only got like 200 likes and I'm not used to getting whatever. Like, be like, don't you know what? It. Leave it. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I, for <laughs> self, I forgive myself for that and we move on. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to have my coffee and take a shit and go. Well, if. <laughs> 
and and with your Instagram, like if you don't get the amount of likes or whatever you want, like right. if you're trying to build that social media, then take that note and go. Don't post pictures like yeah. that anymore. I'm, I'm not a spooky queen. My likes have been cut in half because it's Halloween, and I'm like, uh, next year, prepare a couple looks, do a spooky photo shoot, yeah. Gilda, then you'll build on it. But for now, I'm like, it's okay. Christmas is coming. You'll wear gold sequins. People will love it. Yeah. I also yeah. do want to say, like, sometimes people don't like a photo very much, and you're like, oh, that's weird. I wonder what I did wrong. And then I'll go and see somebody in person and they'll be like, oh my God, that photo that you posted. And I was like, bitch, why didn't you like it? Yeah, I'm the, the only way Instagram, I know. The, the algorithm is lagging. Yeah, if you're like, hmm, I haven't seen something from one of these queens at this table in a while, go to their Instagram and go, oh, and oh, then wow. there's like, just literally go to your people's pages. Yeah. Do you all have Instapods? No. Okay. Oh, great. 10 to 15 people in a similar follower bracket as you, and you send all your posts to them, and then they go, and they like it, and they comment, and that boosts your post in the algorithm because engagement boosts... Oh, I'm in like three of them. I started two of them. Um, You're you're crazy. I really really love this job. I've never heard of that. Someone has to like it and then leave like a four-word comment. Yeah. It has to be four words longer. You need to say like a sentence. always saying like, comment if you're a peach or, you know, like comment if you comment with your favorite type of dog or whatever. Please comment four words. Any four words. (laughs) Right. Put a period at the end. It's my mind. Oh, because it's, the idea is like it's creating conversations. Engagement. And that's like, you need to ask a question. You need to say something that's silly and that will help uh, them grow. But like the Instapod is great because everyone in the pod knows like to go to your picture and be like, okay, I like this picture. What can I say about it? Yes, wow, bitch, mama, I live for words. Right. <laughs> you better work, bitch. Yeah. Always keep it copy pasted. So yeah. it'll be like, work, play, suck dick. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't know. I'm still confused by the algorithm and I use Instagram. Great. I'll start everyone an Instapod with the four of us today. Yeah. I'm going to leave that like all of your followers. I don't know anything what this is. I, I like friends. It could be a scam, but yeah, I'm down. Let's try it. Yeah. I'm down for scams. I'm down for scams. Right, it's just the MLM of social media. It's like the, the what do you call what? it? The MLM, multi-level marketing? Oh, uh, that's not what I thought that meant. MLM. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was like something weird. Pyramid scheme. Men. It's yeah, the yeah. Pyramid scheme of Instagram. Loving me, yeah. yeah. Um, loving men. Yeah. yeah. All right, well. That was a good time. That was a good one. Uh, let's do a cheers. Man. I think we cheers. should. Cheers. Cheers. It's okay. Gilda does Here, click it. She's another one drinking. for Gilda. Thank Yay. you. Yay. There we She's go. She's going to drive. She's going to drive. All right, well. We are going to be at a drag matinee tonight. There's yes, a lot please. going on. Oh, it's going to be a mess. Wait, real quick. Gilda, what is... I just keep wondering, what is your drag name? Gilda Wabbit? Wabbit, yeah. 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 Oh, it's, it's, it's Gilda Wabbit. Gilda Wabbit. It's Bugs Bunny. It's, it's from... It's an episode oh, like, Gilda Wabbit. Gilda Wabbit. <laughs> Never put together the Gilda Wabbit thing. Oh my god, I love when a drunk person comes up to me and they're like, "Oh my god, Gilda Radner," and I'm like, "No." (laughs) Sure, sure, honey. Pat them on the head and set them on their way. Um, All right, I am T Rex in Chicago uh, on Instagram and Twitter and all the other things. Uh, You can find me at Drag Matinee every Saturday on the 11th of. uh, Nope, on the 17th (laughs) of the 11th on the 17th (laughs) of November. I'm falling apart of those things. I can't wait to host the show in uh, a couple hours. Uh, Christine Sidelko is going to be my special guest. Uh, and the next day, I will be in Louisville with her. Love that. Yay. Um, all right. My dudes? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Spiciest Meatball. Please just look up how to spell it. It's not that hard. Uh, I have my YouTube series, Welcome to Meatland, on Hornet's YouTube page. And also watch my drag con coverage. And then listen to my podcast, which is Unbearable with Big Dipper and Meatball. Yay. Yay. Um, my name is Gilda Wabbit. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Venmo, Grinder, Grubhub, Squarespace, uh, and Ashley Madison at Gilda Wabbit. G-I-L-D-A-W-B-B-I-T. You can also find me at GildaWabbit.com. Com. Um, I work most weekends at Play Louisville, a play dance bar there. Uh, you can also Wait, are you me. now a resident? Oh, I'm a playmate. Yeah. Oh, she got How long have you been a playmate? Uh, for a month. I just got hired. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Shout out to Play. I yeah. fucking love Play. It's a great place. Mm-hmm. I'll also be in New York November 13th through the 19th. I'll be in Columbus, Ohio, because we're still waiting on some of the confirmation, but stick the fuck around Is that. Is that a one-woman show situation? Um, Holiday Hoot Nanny is a one-woman show. It's Gilda Wabbit's Christmas uh, special. Also, keep an eye out in January for Gilda Wabbit's <laughs> Big Gay Opera Show coming back to New York City, which is another... Hey, that's so exciting. Congrats. Thank Congratulations. Love that show. She has to hustle because... Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, joining us. I very much enjoyed this episode. This was so much fun. Thanks, friends. Thank you. 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 Cheers! It's going to be a fucking mess. I'm tipsy now. (laughs)